Ah, greetings. Care for a story? One of heroes and villains? Of swords and sorcery? Of romance and treachery? We'll pull up a chair and have a listen. Hi, and welcome to the RPG Show. My name is Brent. This is a show where we rate, review, and talk about RPGs. This is also a show where I press record on the second try. But that's a whole other thing for a whole other time. With me today, I have two guys. First guy, we have Glenn. Ooh, Barracuda. Landrum, how you doing this morning? Can everyone hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, and I'm recording this time. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, next guy, we have Nick, the perks of being Tom Gantner. How you doing, buddy? You really gonna ask me that right now? Yes, I am. Don't be that upset. We only recorded like ten minutes. Well, didn't record ten minutes, so it's fine. Well, this is the third time recording, so. Well, all right. The first time. Look, all right. This is a new setup. It tastes good, used to, but I'm sure we. I'm fantastic, Brent. How are you? All right, doing? ladies. I'm doing just fine. Nick's just being a little butthurt right now, but hopefully, for everybody listening, audience, everything sounds a whole lot better this time. I have a whole new setup. Now there's been some some. Uh, Learning adjustments. I probably should have did some some tests first, but I thought I did, and I don't know. Anyway, we're moving on. We have a hell of a show for you today. We have MageFest finals. We have some Kickstarters we want to talk about. I have a couple other surprises up my sleeve. Without any further ado, let's move on to reviews. Oh, wait. We don't have any. Moving on. Uh, Please review us and email us. Yeah. Well, I'll recap that at the end of the show, but we could really use some reviews, guys. Just go over and over. On over to iTunes and leave us a review. We'll, you'll, we'll shout you out on the show. All right. So, Kickstarter Spotlight. Now, we try and do this about once a month where we each go and find Kickstarters that interest us or, or have something that we really want to discuss about them and bring them to the show. First up, this one's a simple announcement. You know, I mean, there's not a whole lot to say about it. Uh, there's a new Bard's Tale game on Kickstarter, so for those that aren't familiar, that aren't familiar, Bard's Tale is like a narrative-driven awesome. uh, Western-style RPG that's pretty rad. It's always pretty funny, too. Looks like they're keeping a lot of the same things going with this one. It looks, you know, and it also looks really good. As So everybody go visit that. That's on Kickstarter, Bard's Tale 3. That's all I'm going to say about it. Moving on. Now, this one was pretty interesting to me it's by a canadian production company uh Cinexoft. it's called cross reverie now it looks like it uses some sort of turn-based system i don't know if it's like an active time battle or exactly what's going on there because you don't get too many clips of it on the kickstarter but um it's sort of you know you move around you can see the monsters so it's not random battles there's a whole cast of characters each one looks like they play different you have a party of three that kind of stuff um also, we also know, you know, JRPGs tend to be based on certain anime styles, and I really like the style of this game. It's like got these darker styles. Now, that being said, there is a bit of fan service going on there, and you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? But so I won't elaborate. But that shirt definitely looks like it's going to fall off any time now. So, other than that, it looks like it could be fun. I definitely am going to keep an eye on it. Uh, see when it releases. Give it a go. Did you guys take a look at this one? Yeah. Um, I really do like the character design, and the combat looks pretty good. Uh, we'll have to see how this one goes. Like, it could end up being pretty damn awesome. What about you, Nick? Oh, yeah. Took a look at it. I'm always a sucker for turn-based battle systems, so um, I agree. I think the, the artwork looks pretty great, and there was some stuff that caught my eye in the battle system. Like, it looked like characters were... Um, delaying their turns in order to like double attack and triple attack or something like that and it, i'd have to look at it more when the game comes out but it looked like it might be something interesting all right yep no it definitely looked like there was some turn stacking going on so as we get more information you know i'm sure we'll know a little more now this one i'm not so sure if we talked about 
last episode or the episode before, but we've said on the show before, all three of us are tabletop gamers. We love board games, role-playing games, that sort of thing. And we were talking about we really wanted a DM suite where it was simple for a DM to set up a game and sort of the game handles combat and the players just kind of move around in that world set up by the DM and the DM sort of working behind the scenes to uh, sort of facilitate that narrative experience, sort of give NPCs dialogue, um, manage sort of back-end on encounters. And this promises to do mostly that. Um, it's a, it's called Dungeon Foundry. You can find it on Kickstarter, of course. But uh, it also looks like it's got some interesting matchmaking stuff going on where it wants to bring all of that into the game. Uh, there's Now, they're doing sort of like the free premium, super premium sort of stuff set up. But when you go and look, a lot of the reward tiers are kind of expensive. But that's because they're like one of the first things they're promising is like lifetime access to a lot of the premium stuff for Kickstarter backers, which is pretty cool. Um, did you guys look at this? What do you think about it? I took a look. Um, it definitely looks interesting. Uh, I've been reading and using a lot of the Roll20 lately, and this seems to be an upgrade to that, as well as bringing a lot of the features that have been, uh, I guess, tacked on over time from Roll20 and just building it straight into the game. So we'll have to see how it goes. I'm definitely very interested in it. What would you think about it, Nick? Um, I definitely think it looks pretty interesting. I know we've been searching for like a virtual tabletop, and this looks like it meets most of our needs. Um, so, I mean, it's definitely worth checking out. It, I don't know if it's going to be funded, because it doesn't look like it's going to have that kind of umph behind it. Yeah. Um, especially, definitely not any of the stretch goals. Definitely not many, like maybe one, I would say. But... Um, if anybody is interested and they want to back it, there are ways, if you have a group of people, like six, to kind of pull your money together and put it all on one, one pledge and pretty much, if you share an account, have like unlimited access for the lifetime of the, the system, pretty much. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's got some pretty... Uh, I don't think the final goal that they've set is that lofty. It's just, it's early and it's it's... And it's Kickstarter, and it's only at about three thousand dollars. So, I would really appreciate it. if there's any, you know, tabletoppers out there listening that have friends that have money to throw at it. Just you know, go do that because I'd really like to see this one fund. Uh, up next, we have uh, Nick's got a few selections for us today. What, what did you What did you look at on Kickstarter this time, Nick? Uh, I looked at a couple of things, um, way more than I usually would. Like it was one of those things where it was like, oh, well, this looks okay, and then. Like, that led to this, which looked okay, which led to that, which looked okay. So I was like, well, fuck, I need to stop before I get too many. Yeah, no, for reals. I know that um, but the first one I picked out was Red Ash. Um, this may be the most popular one that I've brought to the table. Um, it's the, pretty much the spiritual successor to Mega Man Legends. Um, not seeing a lot of high... Well, I've seen mixed reactions, I guess, because of Mighty Number no. 9, and it's still not out yet. Yeah, and they're um, doing some shady stuff on that that Kickstarter, aren't they? Uh, yeah, they're like trying to monetize it already, like by making a movie and a show and like action figures and shit. And I'm like, the game's not even out yet. What are you doing? Yeah. Um, but I mean, some there's some questions about this one, this Red Ash, because people aren't sure if it's uh, like a tech demo or if it's like just kind of a scenario or if it's like a fully fleshed out experience. And because um, the like it's only going to be PC, but if they reach a stretch goal, they'll put it on one console. But they haven't told anybody what console it is yet because they're going to wait till the end of the starter to have everybody vote on it. So I feel like that's pretty fucked up because if you got like a an Xbox One or a PS4, but not both of them, and or hell even the Wii U, if people are actually going to support that, uh, but you vote on a console and then the other console that you don't have gets picked, you've pretty much just thrown your money at nothing. Unless yeah. you've got a computer, but yeah, that does seem kind of shady. Because I mean, it feels like almost they want to have everybody vote on it and then monetize getting it ported again. Like you know, Kickstart. Uh, you know, they picked the PS4, but now we're gonna port it to 360 if we get enough Kickstarter backers for this thing. You know, it's I don't know. It just seems like <clears throat> what company is doing this again? Concept. 
Um, it's Kai Kaiji. I don't remember his name. Inafune's like company after he left Capcom, and they've done games that I've enjoyed, like Soul Sacrifice. I played the hell out of that in the Vita, but um, I didn't. I didn't back Mighty Number no. Nine because I was like, eh, I'm not really interested. And so I feel like there's gonna be a lot of people that are disappointed in it because there's definitely some um, people up in arms about like the path that it started going on. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it feels like it was overhyped and over-commercialized. So, I mean, it, the, you know, you can burn out players to a game before the game even is even released, and it feels like they're they're almost doing that there. So, but uh, let's let's you know not stick on that. Enough I mean, shit talking. Yeah, because I mean, speaking about shit talking, you know, we haven't had Kickstarters burn us like this before, have we? Um. Yeah, well, I mean, I personally haven't, but I don't really kickstart too many things. Um, I mean, I kickstart more than you and probably Glenn, but uh, I know there have been a bunch of starters that weren't necessarily game-related, where, like, people just didn't go through on the on the promise. But there was this tabletop one called Kingdom Death that, like, three or four years ago I backed at, like, Black Friday because I, I missed the Kickstarter by, like, five hours or some bullshit. And then they like it was like at the end of the year they they reopened it up for like Black Friday or something where you could re kickstart. Um, but it's been a while, and they've been pumping out lots of models and like pinup versions of the models, especially, and some new monsters and everything is all limited edition where they've only got like a thousand units, and they're still pumping that out. And they only recently asked for people's email or not email but physical addresses so they could coordinate shipping. So who knows? Maybe by the end of the year they'll actually send out the. I know, game. but they got everybody so pumped for that game, right? Talk about like hype, and then just nothing. Like they went silent. They got like a million dollars, and they just went silent. And then they started showing up like, oh no, get all these limited run models. Like what did the fuck did they do? They just go to Vegas and blow the million dollars, and then they had to recoup the actual cost to make the game by selling like you know, let's stick more tits on it and put it up on the shop. Like what the fuck? I don't know. I was yeah. It wasn't know. even I'm my just, money. I was butthurt about it. I know. Like you're like, oh yeah, buy it and we'll play it. Like oh, thanks, man. Well, you all right? At, to be fair, at the time you were the one with the money, but I mean, how the tables have turned, my friend. Yeah, I'm still the one buying all the board games, pretty much. Yeah, because I mean, I have like a family to support. Okay. Yeah. All right. Whatever. I mean, let's be fair. So whatever. All right. Regalia. Regalia. <laughs> All right, so the next game that I found is called Regalia. Uh, it's like it's got a subtitle of like of Men and Monarchs or something, but Regalia. That's all you need to know. It's already been funded, but you can, if you go to the backing page on Kickstarter, you can still fund it. Your like with PayPal, they still have kind of the same reward tiers and everything like that. So you can still get it on it. Um, and it's like a a two D turn based strategy game. That's they've described it as Disgaea meets Persona. Um, with huh. kind of like a Western twist on the classic JRPG genre. Um, so it looks pretty good in my opinion. It's got like hand-drawn 2D backgrounds and a, a soundtrack that was produced by a game Audio Factory, which I guess did Endless Legend and Endless Space. They are Don't... really, really good. Yeah, I've never heard them before, but I guess they're all right. Um, they've, they're advertising a huge cast of characters, a like some 4X elements, which are like building a town... Um, having like diplomacy and trade agreements and shit, and like sending your companions on expeditions for resources and treasures, which I kind of liken to like the Final Fantasy Tactics thing, where you're in the bar and you send dudes off on those missions to find shit. Which uh, I abuse the fuck out of, by the way. Especially when you have two connected towns, like not one of those little encounter spaces between. Like I just, man, I'll get some job levels real fast that way. But anyway, you, moving on. You do what you got to do. I never really liked it because yeah. it just didn't feel like it was worth my time. Uh, whatever. It's fine. Just keep regaling it. Tell me about it. Yeah, you, you, um, so it's got like uh, a turn-based combat system and like New Game Plus and Iron Man modes. And Ooh. apparently most of the content is going to be procedurally generated. So it's not going to be the same game every time you play. That's cool. Um, I mean, it, look, it sounds pretty interesting. And definitely, I would definitely be PayPaling it and trying it out. No, yeah, no, that definitely sounds interesting. Turn-based, I love turn-based, so um, I will certainly be giving that a try. Now, I want to try it out for the 4X. Yeah, no, for reals? Well, so, I mean, Glenn's all about that. He like, plays Civilization all the time, right? Hey, I play Civilization a lot, too. I love Civilization. So, you know, it's not just Glenn. 
well, I don't know. All right, my bad. He's just one that was like, oh, I'm pumped for the 4X stuff. So Yeah, well, I mean, he doesn't have any Kickstarters this time around, so he's just kind of chilling, sitting around, like, you know, let these guys talk about their Kickstarters while I, you know. Diddle. Well, my Kickstarter is done. Diddle my piddly. All right. Um, a Whole New World. Tell me about that it. That is a pretty sweet-looking 2D side-scroller with NES-era graphics. And it's not like monotone colors or anything. It's like It looks pretty vibrant. Um, and like the vibe I'm getting is like kind of like a Mega Man vibe because your character will go around and like, uh, like go through stages. I guess also like Super Ghouls and Ghosts or something like that where... Like, this shit come at you from all different directions. The the screen is always... Like, if you go onto a new screen, it's maybe a completely different scenario than what you're expecting, like, continuation. Like, I saw, like, in the gameplay video, uh, like, this, the character dropped through a hole and then gravity inverted, so they were on the ceiling, and then they jumped through another hole and gravity inverted again, and they had to, like, avoid spikes and shit. So I kind of got a Mega Man vibe from that. Um, it looks like when you kill bosses at the end of the stage, you get new abilities for your potions. So, uh, hence another Mega Man vibe thing. Uh, but, I mean, it definitely looks like it's a pretty good, like, a callback to that kind of old game system. And it definitely looks very interesting to me. Yeah, so. no, it definitely, like, I'm looking at it right now. And even though it's using sort of that era of graphics, these these sprites, this sprite work is gorgeous. Like, I have no other way to describe it other than that's amazing. The amount of, like, animation and almost emotion they're getting out of these uh these graphics is fucking cool man i'm not even lying right now this is this got me a little pumped i'll play the shit out of this and it looks like it's pretty cheap to get into as well yeah no lowest tier on this one's what like uh yeah like a dollar you get seven dollar nine they got really weird levels like seven dollar nine dollar what the hell anyway well yeah well there's early bird stuff so nine dollars is to get the games that's not too bad no 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 it's that's definitely definitely looks cool what you got next for me um next i've got this don't you say that word don't don't you say that word that's right there what metroidvania what the oh dude i totally forgot about that um that is such a dumb name this game's called boma norakasura i think boma norakasura sure well you go with that Naraka Sura in the the last word has you in it. Uh, Boma Naraka Sura, got it. Sorry. Sounds like the thing freaking uh, Ash says in the Evil Dead when he's trying to close ne- Necronomicon or whatever. Oh, so anyway, yeah, yeah. All right. Somebody's pumped about the new show. Uh, I am so hyped, but we're not talking about that today. So, nope. um, this is a 2D Metroidvania game. About some young girl that stands before gods and demons, uh, and uses a lot of like southeastern Asia mythology. Um, and Which I feel severely like severely underutilized. Yeah, definitely. You don't ever really hear about any of that stuff coming out from anywhere. Um, and I think the like the backgrounds look freaking gorgeous. The animations are gorgeous. The character art is amazing and fluid. And um, it goes away from the whole using a sword as your main character thing, and the main character uses a spear, which I've always been interested in spears, but nobody really ever uses one, so I think that's interesting as well. Yeah, no, this this looks way cool. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it definitely it definitely looks like they're putting their heart and soul into this game, and I would definitely like to see it back. So. Yeah, it definitely looks like a passion project. Like, you know, every now and then you look at a, a game or anything anything creative being made, and you can tell when it's you know something that they're just making because they they either had an idea or whatever but this definitely looks like a passion product project so i highly recommend people go look at this one yeah keep in mind if you do at least eight dollars you get a digital copy of the game yeah not anymore it's all gone oh yeah oh did that go away they still have two dollars where you get your name written in the credits but nobody actually 12 will get you the game yeah 12 oh that's what i was supposed to look at all right yeah early birds it's only it's a limited tier where you get a discount on whatever it is. Yeah, so. twelve dollars gets you the game. Twenty, you get the soundtrack. So, there you go. All right, uh, I think that was all the kickstarters we had. Now I'll have all the links available for these in our show notes. So if any of those struck your fancy, or you don't, you forgot the name, you get home, just go to you know therpgshow.com for the podcast post on our main blog. All the links will be there. So, right now, currently, we are playing Suikoden. Where is everybody at in that game? I have not gotten very far because I'm still trying to work on the roll 20. Uh, well, 
You got a lot of game left, man. A lot of game. I'm getting there. I knew Nick beat it in like two days, so whatever. Yeah, I'm on my second playthrough now. Because this is his, his jam. Now, I will tell you, this is probably one of the finest uh, RPG series that exists. Like, unequivocally. But, we can talk about that more on the show. The reason I bring it up is because Sugiden uses a pretty different um, magic and battle system where you have six characters and you have this rune system and you unlock the you don't have necessarily have MP you have like uh, like five first slot you know so and so and so and it's like you it is get, MP well magic points but it's technically not, MP but it's not MP like you would think of it right it's like old school Final Fantasy MP where you get certain spell casts yeah and I don't know it just it feels like it's the only game still using it like even though it's the first in the series the later ones still use this which I'm perfectly fine with it's, it's way better to manage a limited amount of spells and know how many you're getting off instead of trying to like alright I've got 27 MP I can use this spell three times or I can use this spell one time and yeah, they no. just give me a spell I can use and then I know when I cannot use it anymore and that's fine. I'm not. I'm not disparaging the system in any way, shape, or form. But it got me thinking about all the different uh, ways that there are to progress characters and gain new spells and skills, right, across all of RPG land. And I wanted to ask you guys, what are some of your favorite systems for gaining spells and skills, or just? Not necessarily character advancement as a whole, but basically gaining new abilities. Um, let's start with start with Nick. How to, how to what's what's your favorite? Uh, well, my favorite is obviously going to be Suikoden. Um, I like I like the way that the game pre- presents the spell system, and especially later on the skill system in the later games as something that's not like static. Like you can make any character, or almost any character, some characters, especially in the first game, have fixed spell slots or ruin slots, but you can effectively make any character into anything you want it to be. Um, obviously, some characters have lower like magic stats or lower skill stats or whatever, so they're not going to be as proficient um, as other characters would be, mm-hmm. but that's where the non-spell-specific runes come in. Like You can get a killer ruin, which will boost that character's critical hit chance or counter ruin or special ability runes where right. you double... Your I damage for turn, but the next turn the you're incapacitated. So there's definitely like plenty of room for customization for your characters, and that's that's definitely needed, especially in this type of game where every character has their own personality as well. So you can either try to fit runes to that character's personality, or if you know they're specialized in a certain aspect, you can min max that way. So no, definitely, definitely. Uh, Glenn, what about you? I am personally a fan of the Skyrim style, where you learn new abilities and gain skills by actively using them. So, in the beginning, you know, you might not have great skills besides what your race will get you, but then you turn around, you smack things with a sword enough, well, hey, now you can use this special power attack and have a chance of disarming, or now you get a chance to just flat out behead them. Yeah. And I've always liked that style. You know, you get better at something the more you do it. It kind of reflects real life, and so much as an RPG can. Um, and another game that does something very similar is the Legend of Mana series, where you get these basic skills and you can combine them to make others. So you combine crouch and jump, you learn high jump. You then combine high jump with backflip, you learn high backflip, stuff like that. Okay, okay. Now... If I were to choose a favorite, I think my favorite progression system is probably going to be something like Final Fantasy Tactics, right? Where you do gain, get better by doing a specific thing, but it doesn't require it to be that specific. It just requires you to be in a quote-unquote job long enough. Now, it takes basically takes the job system, which is not uncommon in the Final Fantasy series, but it takes it to the whole a whole new level right and so you just spend long enough as a black mage you get enough job points to get the spells you want and you can switch jobs to another thing but you can still use those spells because you have that extra job uh 
ability slot, right? And you could sort of gain and stuff from all these different classes and put them, like, equip them to your character along, you know, and sort of mix it up and sort of make unique things happen that way. And I really enjoy it. Um, even so much that, say, you know, I have a black mage in my party for a long time because I'm, I want to learn all the black mage spells. I want to master that class. Well, everybody that's been on a party with them for so long has seen them do enough spells. They're also gaining job points in that class. Not super fast, but it's still there. You know, so by the amount of time it takes me for get one character to master the black mage, you know what? I might have a character that can cast the first three levels of a fire spell because they've gotten enough job points by watching someone else do it. And I think that's really cool, you know. So, um, but in the same vein, there are also games that I felt like the progression system sort of ruined the game, you know. Like it just, it was either too flat too boring or just too difficult and i have a few examples of those but i'll let you guys go first glenn do you have like a least favorite progression system in a game mm, not that i can really think of right offhand uh, there are some particularly the older jrpgs where you level up you get plus to like three numbers and that's it you gain nothing else uh-huh. and those drive me crazy because then it's like well why bother leveling up yeah, yeah. What about you, Nick? Um, I don't really, like, hate any systems. I mean, there are some that are fine that are just mundane, like the regular ones where you, you level up your character and you get a new spell and that's it. Like, yeah. there's no, nothing really to it. So, I mean, I don't really hate anything. I appreciate getting new skills and new magics all the time, but um, something, like I said, are just mundane and you're just like, all right, whatever. All right, all right. Um I can only think of a few examples of games that I really disliked the progression system in. Uh, first being, earlier we were talking about, you know, we are talking about uh, getting better by doing. Now, there's a game that uh, just did so wrong, and that's Final Fantasy 2. There's a reason that I omitted the first and second Final Fantasies from my list. Uh, not that I don't respect either for what they are. You know, like, I left Final Fantasy 1 off is because it's like that in the first you know, Dragon Quest game, there's such progenitors to the zero, the, the genre that they're almost separate from the genre, right? Um, and the second Final Fantasy, mostly because you have, like, you get stronger by attacking. You gain more MP by casting spells. You get better spells by casting spells. All this stuff. But at the same time, you only gain HP by getting hit. And if you're doing well, then you will eventually get to a point where you're getting one-shot because you were too good, you know, and then you have to go back and spend hours grinding health just by getting hit, you know, and it's not fun. Yeah. It's not fun at all. You really shouldn't punish a player for playing well. Like, that doesn't follow for me. In the, well, you know. In a way, that's similar to Skyrim system where you get armor ability up by getting hit and you get your sword levels up by attacking things yes but i think i think skyrim does it frequently enough that it's not a problem when you take look at final fantasy 2 you know you have to get hit a lot to gain a small amount of health where in skyrim yeah you're gaining arm armor um by getting hit but you can also sort of counteract that with you know equipment and i feel like you get you get better. It's almost one of the first things you max out if you're a melee character because it just it just happens. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where if you're in a position where you can kill them before they can hit you, you can probably play your entire game without ever actually needing it. And even if you're a main melee character and you don't don't see it leveling up that quickly, you can then upgrade your equipment to counteract that. Yeah. You know, so with Skyrim system, there are ways around it. You know, it might not even be necessary, whereas something like Final Fantasy 2, especially being turn-based, you could run into a position where it's unavoidable that you will be killed in one hit. Yeah, and that's... I think it's less a problem of the system in Final Fantasy 2 and more a problem of the balancing for the system, right? You 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 have to take way too many hits to, you know, to gain health or whatever, you know, so... Fair enough. I was just playing Devil's Advocate. I know. Um, And another... Um, 
Go ahead. Final Fantasy II system is also re- kind of reworked into the Saga Frontier series, which I also dislike it there as well. Yeah, because it's it's kind of a. Fl- I don't I don't really think that that system works well for a turn based game like that. You know, I don't. It's it's sort of you can see the early workings of the job system in it, but it's not enough. It's it's no it's no no bueno. Uh, the other one I'm thinking of, I'm trying to remember what game it is. I think it, I want to say it's one of the Dark Cloud series. Now, I think it's the second one. Now, don't get me wrong. I love the concept of the Dark Cloud games. I really enjoy the games, kind of what they are, but they're more action-based, and they're sort of dungeon-crawly and that kind of thing, and a lot of the game mechanics come from how you, uh, organize your town or whatever, but... It's sort of puzzly, like uh, Legend of Zelda is, and that you need certain abilities and spells from certain characters. But unlike Zelda, where you gain a new item to do it, this sort of comes from having a character that can do it. And I felt like by the end of the game, it's a 40-hour-plus game, I only had three or four abilities. You know, when I if I had had 12 or 15, it probably would have been a better, a better game. You know, like... Maybe not even twelve or fifteen, just like just more and more variety instead of it comes down to is this the magic? Is this you know dashing it or rolling or is it the slingshot that I need or whatever it was in that game? And it it felt really boring. Like it made the the last half of the game really slog on for me. But uh, have you either of you played the second Dark Cloud game? I have um, not had the chance yet. I played the second one for like two hours, but it bored the shit out of me. I really I preferred the first one over the second one. No, infinitely, infinitely. I loved the first one. The second one, I don't even remember if I beat it or not. I think I like, did. My issue with the second one is that they made it more like like linear storyline as opposed to dungeon quality, which I don't think worked in its favor as much. Because like in the first one, your character's like, oh shit, the town's gone. Let me go in the dungeon and get the Giorama pieces back for the town. Yeah. And then you do that, and you go to the next town, and you do the same thing in that dungeon. In the second game, it's like you're an actual character, and like you've got a storyline, and there's like some weird circus clown thing at the beginning of the game, and I'm like, what is this shit? What is going on? Yeah, it was really weird. I'll give you that one. I don't know. I mean, I know a lot of people enjoyed it, but I was just like, all right, I'm done. All right. Well, uh, without too much further ado, up next, we have a... Uh... We made a thing, right? So we basically decided on a winner for the Mage Fest finale. And I will pull that up and play that for you right now. Now, don't judge dun, us. Dun, dun. We know it's lame, but we had fun. So you're going to listen to it and like it. All right, but here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mage Fest. I am Horace, Zeef, mostly man, minorly avian, and all mage. I'm excited to be here today calling the shots ringside along with quite an astounding mage. This mage is quite the man. He has influenced many an adventurer as well as such greats as Gandalf the White and yours truly. Everybody please welcome Jarek the Metalmancer to the program. How you doing buddy? Thank you. It's an astounding night and I'm very excited to be here. Would you mind doing the honors and laying out the events for the evening for the chicks at home? Absolutely. Tonight our final three combatants will face off in the arena. The arena is something I'm quite proud of, Horace. Oh, and why is that? Well, there are three reasons why. First is, I made it. Secondly, as these extremely powerful mages fight to the death, we want to avoid the casualties we had last year. And my dampening, self-adjusting, arcanoscoptic fighting dome will do just that. And the third reason? Well, Horace, that's because I made it. Ah, but of course, such a humble guy. Well, before we bring in our champions, we're going to toss it up to our analysts in the booth for a recap of the fest so far and a deeper look into the excitement for tonight. Chief Magical Analyst Archon Tim here. What a day, what a beautiful day. Lightning, fire, explosions, magic everywhere here at Magefest where three supremely superfluous spellcasters sling silly seductive spells. Our three magical magicians are here to make us wild with power that has never been seen. 
And what a ride it's been, ladies and gentlemen. What a ride to let us off with a magnificent duel with the lovely lady Lulu. But her boisterous bosoms prove no match to the deadly mix of white and black magic. Then Hawk, with an E, then started up our second round, facing off against little legend Leon. Duck and weave, cast in silence, magic missile, magic missile, boom drop, explosions! Hawk, with an E, wins the fight and our hearts. Our semifinals kicked off with massively monstrous mayhem. Tella and Jean score off in a battles of brains versus bosoms. But Tella was not swayed as they swayed. No, no, he kept a clear pair of head as he blasted her straight out of the feisty fest of mages. Then Hawk, with an E, faced Vivi, no relations, in a deadly duel of destruction. But Hawk, with an E, does not take no magic sitting down. No, ho, ho. he silences, he dispels, he wrecks face! Him, he won. And now, Magefest presents a popular populist potion-popping pageant of pagan power! The three-way match of Tella versus Lizard versus Hawk with an E. Hawk with an E. Heroically heaves Hiroshima's of heavenly hero sticks at everyone in sight. Agility, 85. Strength, 78. Offensive magic, 47. Defensive magic, 89. Lizard leaps leaves of lashing lightning leading sideways. Agility, 58. Strength, 23. Offensive magic, 87. Defensive magic, 78. Toa theatrically throws thematically thespian theories and fireballs. Agility, 2. Strength, 1. Defensive magic, 92. Offensive magic, I don't have a big enough number. Let's get it on. This analysis brought to you by Glenn's Mana Potions. A bottle a day keeps the kobolds at bay. In the, in the purple, purple corner, corner standing, standing at firm 5 foot 10, 10 and weighing in any stylish 105 pounds, we have the great sage of Mysidia and master of media, Tella! In the red corner, standing a masculine 6 foot 1 and weighing in at 195 pounds, we have Sir Chuckles himself, the champion of Kirkwall and slayer of the High Dragon of the Bone Pit, Mage Hawk! And finally in the green corner, weighing in at 163 pounds and standing a menacing 6 foot even, we have the accomplished alchemist, the nefarious necromancer, and massively gifted mad genius, Lezard Valeth! Each of these combatants is so powerful and very determined. You can just feel the electricity as they enter the ring. Uh-oh. Did anyone else catch that? It looked like some type of truce was agreed upon by Tella and Hawk. They are now both stalking towards the unlucky lizard. How will he handle this impossible situation? It'll certainly be entertaining. I remember at Magefest 04 when Mr. Duck teamed up with Miss Branford to take on Wendy. Well, we remember how that worked out, don't we, Horace? <laughs> Don't remind me, I was isolated in a containment field for a week. Back to the action, it looks like our combatants are wasting no time. Such fast reflexes on those casts. Hawk may be outclassed in destructive power, but it looks like he gets off his spell just in time. My Arcanophalange X63 readout module indicates that there was some sort of shield followed by a prison type spell. Looks like Lezard could be in trouble early in this match. As a huge fan of Lizard Valeth, I do believe he's got some kind of plan. I would assume either some sort of reflective barrier, or at least some kind of attempt to nullify his opponent's magic directly. And it looks like Lizard has dispelled the crushing prison hawk cast on him that was keeping him immobile. Oh my word, that blinding light! Where are my shades? For the folks listening at home, Tella has just let loose a bolt with the frosty of likes I have never seen before. Lizard better watch out! I certainly hope my dampening field can hold out against the onslaught of spells here. I can feel the electricity and heat in the air from that bolt attack. Looks like Lezard is finally making the offensive. Wait, what is that thing? Ah, I've heard of this before. It's the infamous great magic spell Dragon Bolt. I don't know about you, but that thing is ugly. I can't even make out the action in the arena anymore. My readouts are blocked by its necromantic energy. Alright, and the fog is now clearing from that destructive spell. I still see three standing combatants, and it looks like Hawk was just in time with another barrier spell. Uh-oh, Jarek, why is Lezard so close to Tella? Well, physical altercations are not- Is that a mute mask? My word, that is dirty. What a dirty dog. Uh, I mean, it's not unusual for Lezard to pull this kind of stunt, but we are going to need a ruling on that. I, I was aware there was some kind of altercation to the rulings about consumables before this match started, but um, we're definitely going to need some clarification. That's just plain dirty. 
using gray areas and rulings to get an advantage. What happened to gentlemen's combat? Well, now that Tella is temporarily silenced, Hawk is going to have his hands full with a very, very angry lizard. Very clever. It appears Hawk is using the atmospheric instability to facilitate an electrical pyromantic distortion in an attempt to remedy his impaired ally. Alright, now that just sounds like gobbledygook to me. Do you want to simplify it for the folks at home? Well, um, he's creating a firestorm. Ah, uh, a firestorm, of course. Is... Is Lezard laughing right now? That dirty necromancer. He's wearing a fire-resistant cape. And as the flames dissipate from his cape, it looks like he's converting the residual energy into fuel for his own spell. How devious. Hawk better think fast. Looks like he's trying to regain control of the spell. Hawk is a genius magician, but no match for Lezard's raw power. And on the other side of the field, it looks like Tella is still struggling to get off that mute mask. If he can get it off in time... And the mask is off. Tella is back in this fight. Oh boy. Would you look at the size of that? It appears Lezard has focused the firestorm into a large cosmic lance. Oh, that's going to be a decisive blow to Hawk. It looks like Hawk is down. I repeat, Hawk is down. Well, we're left with two arcane powerhouses. What is Lezard out of tricks? Now that would surprise me. Ha! Looks like Tella's ready for a fight. I haven't seen a flurry of spells like that since 98. It's just one spell after another after another. He's got to run out of energy at some point. A quick reflection from Lezard. That burst seems to have taken its toll on Tella. I told you, Jarek. Lezard is always up to something. My readings indicate some sort of dark primal magic. Classification, non-offensive. Oh, what is this? It looks like Hawk is getting back up. I will not stand for this. Using another combatant as a necromantic servant. How evil. He just never runs out of tricks, man. I'm telling you, this guy is damn ingenious. If he does not win, I will be very, very shocked. And now it appears that Hawk is powering up for a spell. This could be it for Tella. Ha 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 ha! I think not, my friend. Hawk has cast a self-destruction spell on himself and is charging Lezard. Lezard should have known a mage so righteous would not be outwilled by necromancy rubbish. What an explosion! Lizard almost lost it right there. He is still on his feet, but Tella is already channeling. His implement is up. Does he have something to stop Tella's spell? Oh, it doesn't look like it. His staff has broken, and it looks like he is finally out of tricks. Wait, look up there. What is that? I knew we'd get to see it tonight. It's Meteor. And Meteor appears to have defeated Lizard. Tella is our 2015 Mage Fest champion. Congratulations, sir. What a match indeed. Tella appears to be giving respects to his fallen comrades. I can feel the holy magic in the air. It reminds me of home. And it looks like the remains of the fallen have dissipated. Tella is truly deserving of this year's title. What a gentleman. Until next year, this is Horace. And Jarek. Signing out. Stay classy, world. This program was brought to you with limited commercial interruptions by... Glenn's Mana Potions. A bottle a day keeps the kobolds at bay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't not watch that with a giant ass grin on my face. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I thought it was fucking awesome. Please kill me. Aw, oh, come on, guys. It was fun, right? It, once I got into it, yeah. I think it was pretty fun. I'm sorry to have punished everyone at home about that one, but, uh, get over it. Um, so... Now that that's done, we basically decided Tello as the winner because, uh, first off, uh, Hawk was obviously outclassed offensively. Now, he did have some things going for him as far as um, personal character and uh, defensive and utility magic. So, uh, and then Lizard is truly powerful and genius, but ultimately he's a he joins your party, but he's a bad guy. So, um, and tell is not tell us sort of self sacrifices himself in his game and sort of, he just, we came to that him as the, uh, as the, the winner. So, uh, all right. We're going to talk a little about what we plan to do next as far as off topics. So, uh, this is actually a little bit of show planning. You guys get to be privy on. All right. So, first thing we want to do is we want to record some uh, live play tabletop stuff. We're going to be using Roll20, and I will record a video of that. The audio version will go up on the feed 
as an off-topic show. And I want to know how you guys like it. You know, if nobody tells me anything or sends me an email, then I'm just going to keep using them as off-topics or whatever. Um, we also have a few other ideas for some frivolous shit to do, like Mage Fest, you know, like uh, sort of like ones based on roguish characters, then, you know, main characters, uh, uh, Mr. Universe contest, maybe, uh uh, beauty pageant of some sort like we have a bunch of ideas and you know if you guys have an idea for an off-topic discussion let us know we're also i think uh we should probably do some some spotlights on uh game series like talk about the history and the developers of those series stuff like that um so if anybody has an idea make sure to send it to us but keep an eye on the show as far as what we do next uh do you ha- guys have anything to add to that uh I, you know, I've been looking at Roll20, so I'm hoping that goes all well. <coughs> if any of you have, like, macros you want to send us, dear God, please send us macros. Yeah. We're no. Specifically, we're going to be playing 4E. Um, and I've got, I think, most of it set up well, but we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Yeah, we are doing 4E for the first game, but if we continue to do more, we may branch out. Yeah, um, I think the current plan of action is we want to do a little test run where we spend a day playing, and we'll play 4E. It won't be a continued storyline. It'll be sort of like a one-shot. Uh, I think uh, uh, Glenn's been kind enough to DM that first for us. Uh, you yep. you also hear some voices that you're not familiar with, So, because, I mean, you can't really play with three people, so we'll have to bring in some uh, some friends for that one, so you'll hear some new voices on that. And if people like it or we continue to do it, then we're looking at probably doing some something like a rota- rotating uh, GM where, um, so let's say I, or let's say Glenn continues to GM for Dungeons and Dragons 4th Edition, and then I GM for Fate, and then Nick GMs for uh, 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 Call of Cthulhu, Cthulhu, for instance. And then um, each month we would, you know, play once or twice in a month and record it and so you would have these continuing storylines that would rotate that way we would because we're all pretty busy people but that so that would give dms you know a break both creatively and from the workload and that kind of stuff and you get an ongoing story and it changes it up so you're not always hearing the same thing over and over again that's the current plan that's if you know everything works out as planned and we can effectively use the roll 20 system because what we used to do is i have this table i built right here next to my desk that i uh had this whole fancy, uh, it wasn't really fancy, it was sort of like, it was it very, was a webcam on a bar pointed down. It was very crude, like I took like, uh, aluminum bands, and I sort of made this overtop thing, and then I like, attached a webcam to it facing down, and so like, I activated the webcam in Skype, and it was basically face down on a, on a battle mat, and that's how we played. So if we can get Roll20 to work, that would work a lot better than what we used to do before, because as much as I'd love, I love playing with people like in the same, like er- having everybody in one place, you know, then everybody's got to con. It takes like 30 minutes to get everybody dad, you know, sit down and actually play in the game. And then like after we're done, everybody wants to like, we're either all pissed off at each other in bad moods or like everybody wants to stand around and talk when people have places to go. We get interrupted when we're trying to get food. It's so much easier when people just, you know, to play online that way. If somebody's got to, you know, get up and go to the bathroom, just get up and go. It's not a whole lot of, you know, dicking around until somebody's like, says something to somebody and they don't respond, you know, but it, it actually moves pretty slowly. Um, so, I don't think I have too much else to add. What about you guys? Do you have anything you'd like to add? Um, not off the top of my head. All right. Well, I hope that. Um, yep. Good. I. I'm starting a school soon, full-time, so I'll be working full-time with school, and this particular school uh, has classes every night, pretty much, for five hours, so my day during my days during the week will be pretty busy. I'll pretty much be doing work, school, sleep, so I may not have too much time for everything, except for on the weekends, but I will do my best to make sure I can balance everything, so if eventually I don't show up a couple times or something like that, uh, it's because I was just too busy. Yeah, it's not because he didn't want to, and you may you just there may be come a time, you know, because we are 
we are eventually going to have to play games that are 60-hour-plus games, and we already said that if that happens, we're going to have to split those into parts, right? So basically, you may it may be instead of having a review show once a month, it'll be on the second month because it'll take us, you know, basically two months to complete the game. So, you know, and there may be it every once in a while where, you know, Nick's not able to make a show because of his new schedule, but we're going to keep the show you know, still recording, but and Nick will still be around to the best of his ability, so don't worry about that. We're all really excited for him to go back to school and use his brains, you know, instead of, you know, sitting around jerking off all day. So yeah, that requires some brain work too, all right? Does it though? I mean you gotta I just mean, pretend like it's a stranger, right? That's I guess. I was just I was just trying to make it sound less bad. <laughs> Oh no, that's the no, I'm not gonna let that happen. Please. Uh so um the next show is the be the Soikinen show. Now I know everybody was used to for a while they were showing up on uh Wednesdays or Thursdays, but now I'm gonna record Sunday morning or Sunday sometime and then hopefully have the show posted Sunday afternoon or on Monday sometime. And that's so, all my fault, so I'm sorry. No, that's not necessarily his fault. Just weekdays are really busy for me too. Um so I'm going to, we're going to, we're trying to make everything, uh, it'll work out. We'll figure it out. We'll figure everything out. Don't worry about that. We're trying to keep everything on a regular basis. Cause there for a while we, we were like, yeah, Wednesday recordings are going to work fine. And then just shit started hitting the fan. And then we like, none of us want to not do this. We, this is really fun for us. So, um, and I would also, you know, we, how we talked to Kelvin's, right? You know, and that was really cool because I really like his show. And that was all really cool. I want to hear from if anybody else out there is on a show or has a show or uh, listens to an RPG show they like that's not, you know, one that we've already mentioned here. Let me know because I don't, I think this is already a small enough sphere. It's like a pretty niche genre. So if there's people out there that like it like i mean we love talking about this stuff obviously because that's why we're recording it and putting it on the internet so we'd love to hear from everybody so if you guys have an opinion on games we're playing or you don't agree with us whatever you know you can always comment on the podcast page you can send us emails any of that like if you haven't if you want to record yourself send it as an audio attachment in an email you know I'm, hell i'm even set up i can easily play that on the show now so please do it you know uh, we want to hear from people we're all easily accessible through you know the page we're setting up means to be accessible through other than email you know we have a twitter but none of us really use twitter i'm thinking about setting up a facebook page that people can like or an easier way for people to communicate with us if they want to because you know obviously i like to talk and neither of these guys if you you know as of right now you send me an email and you say it's for nick or glenn i'll send it right to them and chances are they're going to answer right away because i'll be like oh my god you got an email it's actually i'm bother them so you know do that it's cool trust me it's cool um i think that'll do it for us guys all right say i think so say goodbye everybody goodbye everybody bye everybody thank you so much for listening to this episode of the rpg show if you'd like to participate in the discussion send us an email at podcast at the rpg show.com you can also visit our home on the web at therpgshow.com. Want to get shouted out on the show? Leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Each one counts, and we love you for it. And for myself, Nick and Glenn, hope to see you next time. <laughs>